Thoughts Comics Now. Hope is a doggy, a sweet doggy, standing next to a rose. And away we go! Hello, ha, comic book fans! Welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 179, where I recommend and lovingly review the best of the new comic books that just came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, October 17th. And this particular podcast will land the fish and land the bird, whatever that means. <laughs> I am your friendly neighborhood host, Chris Latori. Thank you so much for joining. I hope that all is good with you and yours. Please hit the subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Check out all of our past podcasts on our giant podcast feed. And please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, at Sunspots Comics. That's right. One place. Easy to find. So I always start the show with some humble thank yous. First and foremost, thank you to you, the listener. Yes, thank you for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Whether this is your first time just trying us out or you're a Sunspots Comics loyalist, from issue one. Seriously, thank you for choosing the Sunspots Comics pon- podcast. It really means a lot to me. Thank you to my friend Nick Papa George for singing our wonderful Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check out his solo singing on Facebook.com slash PopDs. His band Solution at Facebook.com slash Solution Reggae. If you just love reggae and rock and ska, maybe a, just a teensy wincy bit of metal, you're going to love the feel-good music from Nick Papa George. Please check him out and his band Solution. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. I love our theme song. And thank you to our sponsor, Pop-Up Tea. Please go check out popuptea.com. They've got a super giant selection of nerdy t-shirts. I'm looking at their Halloween horror section right now on popuptea.com. And I may I may just have to get this. It's, it's called My Seasonal Romance. It's a mashup of My Chemical Romance and The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's fantastic. I absolutely love all their unique mashups. You got to check it out. Go to popuptea.com. And most importantly, use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order. 25%. Even the clearance stuff that's already on sale. So go over to popuptea.com and thank you guys. Appreciate it. And now let's make a giant superhero landing right onto the kneecap. Yikes. <laughs> that hurt. Into the Sunspots Comics Podcast issue 179. Starting out with some stuff. That's been floating around up inside of my nerd brain. The first nugget of nerd lodged ever so deeply in my nerdy frontal lobes is my Netflix Marvel Daredevil Season 3 Episode 1 review. And of course, before I start, spoiler alert! So right from the get-go, I absolutely gotta give Netflix Daredevil some praise because their previously on video package was fantastic. It did a great job of just highlighting all of the interesting key points that happened in Season 1 and Season 2 of Daredevil, which frankly... Uh, it's a long time ago. I forgot some of them. So I definitely recommend to not press the skip recap button. Watch it. It's great. It's like a 10-minute package, actually. And it's just well-scored, and it just feels very polished and professional. It's just not a kind of just a shimmy-sham of things all thrown together. It's wonderfully done. So don't press the skip recap. Watch it. It'll just kind of get you going and right into place into where Season 3 just jumps in. So... As I said, spoiler alert, Daredevil survives this giant building following upon him as he's in this loving embrace with Elektra. I mean, he's a superhero. Come on. 
Buildings can't stop him. <laughs> and then he somehow makes his way through and flows through the sewers of New York and meets up with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I wish. Could you imagine how amazing that would be? One day, I tell you, one day. But anyway, I love how just really realistically damaged Daredevil looked here in this episode. It just feels like he got the full movie makeup treatment here and special effects package and sound fact package and lighting package. It just, it's, we don't get to see that a lot in TV shows, honestly. We know they're on a faster time schedule. They have a lower budget. So it just feel, it just felt cinematic. And I appreciate that. Maybe it's because Luke Cage and Iron Fist were just recently canceled. So maybe they're putting all the monies, giving all the the cash over to the devil of Hell's Kitchen. Maybe. I don't know. But I even enjoyed some of the Fever Dream flashbacks. I'm not a, usually a big fan of long flashbacks. Uh, but this was just well put together. And it gives that little bit of hue change to the scene. So you kind of know it's the past. I love that. I don't like when it's really too obtrusive. But when it just kind of blends nicely. That happens here in these flashbacks. And it's also just not a rehashing of what already happened. It's like they refilmed these little moments or lengthened them out a little bit or kind of continued on from where other scenes had started. So just well done on some of the flashbacks. And it really just, again, helps tie in the previous seasons together and really get the third season flowing properly. So it just feels like a well put together overall story. And I really love this point of view audio treatment. Man, you got to see this. It's just interesting and weird. There haven't been very many TV shows or movies that have done this, but there's a few moments in Daredevil, again, this is season three, episode one, where the audio just muffles in the left speaker to simulate Matt Murdock's damage in his left ear from this giant building landing on top of his head. But they really do a truly haunting job of just kind of fuzz the sound out or turn it off and have this kind of buzzing, like just ringing. It's just realistic and trippy, especially if you're wearing headphones. They really tweak out the left speaker and the right one again is just kind of, it's overcompensating. It's just a really neat point of view audio little treatment special effect that you gotta check it out with headphones on. I highly recommend it. And they sprinkle that in, I would say, through the first act of the entire episode. But, uh, so I really enjoyed that Matt, Mr. Daredevil, he just, he didn't feel like all that down in the dumps for very long. It just kind of moved along. I like that pace there. He just didn't kind of wallow in sorrow, which I appreciate. We got to just keep things moving. There's what, 12 more episodes to go or something? So we got a lot of content. We got we got time to lay the story out. So I enjoyed that they kind of moved on quickly and didn't stick to just him being all sad and dark and wallowing and in the basement where the nun is trying to heal his soul and his body in one. But uh, of course... In true Daredevil comic book fashion, Daredevil does not stay still very long. Does not sit long enough to heal. That's his thing. I guess that's a lot of superheroes' things. But I just really enjoyed also the acting from the nun that played Daredevil's healer. Not only just physically, but his soul. She was just tough as nails, and she delivered a fantastic acting performance. It's just what you would expect from a Catholic nun. It just felt grounded in reality. It's someone you would just fear... And she captured that really well and played this stoic, just hard nail, hard as nail nun. I like that. Also, they really put together an interesting new thread with this FBI agent who's having some financial problems because uh, he helped his sister-in-law fight cancer. And he's just a, you know, he's got an adorable family and a loving, supportive, you know, family around him and friends. But he's been assigned the dead end case of Wilson Fisk. Because 
Fisk is just not saying anything, so it's just kind of like they have to check in with him every so often. But uh, all of a sudden, Fisk decides to bear all, just a snitch. And so it's like this this clean-cut FBI hit the jackpot. So you just can't... I can't help but wonder if this straight-laced FBI guy, agent... Uh, is just gonna turn bad for a buck. He's got all these. He has these financial problems, and it's it's pressuring him. So I just wonder when or if this FBI agent is going to join the kingpin. But uh, I don't want to spoil all of it. I, I that's just kind of the way my podcast goes. I, I pick on some of the interesting points, and I more t- I just talk more about how I felt about it. But there were some spoilers in there. But anyway, I give this season three Netflix Daredevil episode one a solid middle B. 4.5 out of 5 sunspots. I'm definitely going to continue to watch. I definitely recommend you check it out. And it's definitely worth your time. And I got to watch this and see where it goes. I hope we uh, just get a much faster pace with these Netflix Marvel TV shows than than the past. Daredevil is definitely the best of them all. I enjoyed that and Punisher. I would say if, you're, if you haven't seen any of the Netflix Daredevil shows or Netflix Marvel shows at all, just watch season 1, 2, and 3 of Daredevil and The Punisher. I think that's really all you need to... And maybe Defenders. All right, that was kind of fun to see them all together. But anyway, solid Daredevil, season three on Netflix, Marvel. Check it out. It's good stuff. And another thing lodged up inside of my nerdy brain real good is my review of the DC Online season one, episode two of Titans, live action series Gritty. I just, every time you see anything related to this, gritty, gritty, gritty. There must be a drinking game now. Anytime you hear them say the word gritty about Titans, you have to drink. I don't know. And of course, before I begin, spoiler alert, this is Titans episode two. Normally on my podcast, I don't go kind of episode by episode, but these are really good and I wanted to kind of highlight them. And from from here, I'll probably just give it a overall review when when I'm done watching the whole thing. For Titans, it's every Friday on the DC Universe app, which I definitely recommend it. It's worth the money. It's uh, you know comes out to only five to seven bucks a month. There's so much content on there; it's insane. Uh, even just the the Batman animated series is enough, but there's so much more. Um, but anyway, I super enjoyed it. They improved upon a bunch of areas. The fight scenes were much brighter. You could see things. There was a couple of scenes there we just I just couldn't tell what was happening on these fight sequences, but they brightened it up, and I was sort of, in my first review of Titans Episode 1, I was uh, critiquing a bit that there wasn't this superhero feeling, it was kind of missing there, it was just sort of dark and edgy and gritty, but they added that, helping, uh, adding in the hawk and and the, the dove into it, just kind of added a little splash of happiness, the dove character is so positive and she's such a fantastic leader, and she is actually the one that is uh, saving the damsel of distress, which is Hawk, actually. And that was really interesting and, and a, kind of a twist, of course, on everything we're seeing. But uh, they improved upon some of the muddled audio. There is still some in there. There was a couple of moments where I had to literally put the, the captions on <laughs> and read it because I could not figure out what they're saying. Some of the delivery of the dialogue is so fast and then slows down in weird spots. It's like the timing of it. Uh, I think just they need some experience. They, they again, it's you know this actor that's playing Robin is delivering a lot of it. Uh, and Raven too. I would say that the, the sort of odd dialogue you can't understand comes from them. But they improved upon it. It is much better. And the action scene that's much, of course, it's better lit and you can see it better. It just had the great slowing down and speeding up effect, and it looked polished. It felt like The Watchmen, honestly. It felt like that, very 
kind of Zack Snyder-esque, if you will, and it felt polished and cinematic and movie quality-like. So it bumped my review up. If you go and listen to the last week's uh, episode 178 of the Sunspots Comics podcast, you'll hear my episode one, issue one, of the review of Titans. But I, I moved it up a little. I gave it 4.5 out of 5 stars now. So moved it into the middle B category where I think I, I did give it a low B before. And I'm going to continue watching. I'm looking forward to this Friday. It is weekly released on the DC Universe app. You should check it out and get it again. Solid middle 4.5 out of 5 sunspots. I'll most definitely be watching Titans. So gritty. My goodness. The next nerdy thing that's bouncing around in my weird nerdy brain is the Marvel Cinematic Universe film Ant-Man and the Wasp has been released onto Blu-ray and digital and everything. And it's a wonderful film. It just came out uh, to purchase. I bought it immediately. I've When it first came out in the theaters, I saw it three times. I gave it five stars. It's seriously rewatchable, which I did rewatch it. Interesting article recently, Michael Douglas said that the quantum realm is key in Avengers 4. So interesting that he came out and said that. So mini spoilerish from him. I'm sure he's been trained by the Marvel people to just... Uh, be absolutely watching every dotting every i and crossing every t when it comes to talking about marvel to media but anyway that's kind of cool that the quantum realm is going to be definitely involved in avengers 4 yet to be titled but i watched it again and i find myself just loving every second of paul rudd the father-daughter moments still get me misty-eyed it's not as loaded in the extra features as i would have liked maybe because i loved it so much i really just wanted more but it, did, it just felt a little light in the special features. There was a nice gag reel. There was a short documentary making of. I just want a two-hour behind-the-scenes documentary style of the making of Ant-Man and the Wasp so that we can just see a ton of Paul Rudd just improvising and just getting the entire cast just to laugh constantly. That's just... He's such a gem. He just has such charisma and charm. Absolutely adore Paul Rudd. So if you haven't bought Ant-Man and the Wasp, get it. It might be i think i might have given the first ant-man 4.75 i definitely give this five it's such a fantastic sequel to the first ant-man see them both if you haven't but buy this one it's an absolute buy ant-man and the wasp and evangeline Lilly as the wasp is just so refreshing steals the show she's a wonderful actress she's just great on the screen the scenes with her and michael douglas her dad are just fantastic and it's nice that they're not fighting with each other it's you know it's them trying to save Uh, their mom and so fantastic stuff it's a buy get ant-man and the wasp immediately watch it it's it's just family fun it's a great time another thing that's uh, stuck up inside of my nerdy brain is halloween comic fest yes halloween's just around the comic around the corner halloween comic fest is this friday october 27th it's just a Halloween must for me now every single year. I absolutely love it. Go to Halloween Comic Fest for more information. And make sure you stop by your local comic book shop to see if they're participating in Halloween Comic Fest. Uh, this year, Halloween Comic Fest is giving out 22 free full-sized Halloween horror comic books. 22! That It just kind of keeps going up every year, which is fantastic. And they're giving away 12 free mini Halloween kids comic books which is great. I mean, they're just, they're adorable. They're mini. There's, I mean, Spook House is in there, which is phenomenal uh, from Albatross Funny Books. But I just love that Halloween Comic Fest is kind of riding the coattails of free comic book day and giving you some free comic books. Oh, and also 
There's a Halloween contest with prizes, so you can go on, again, HalloweenComicFest.com. And, and also, what's really cool is most of the comic book shops that are participating in Halloween Comic Fest will also be having sales in their stores. So please buy something when you're in there and support the local comic book shop. It's great to get the free stuff and pick up the free candy for Halloween Comic Fest, but help them out and buy a little something in the store to support them. Halloween Comic Book Fest is not free to the retailer, so help them out and buy a little something when you're in there. There's going to be some sales. But again, Halloween Comic Fest is this Friday, October 27th. I will be stopping by a few of my local comic book shops, and so should you. So again, go to HalloweenComicFest.com. It's going to be a super fun Friday for me. After Halloween Comic Fest, I'm going to L.A. Comic Con. That's right, to see the greatest band in the world, Tenacious D. Oh my god, I can't wait to see the D. By the way, if you are at L.A. Comic Con, which is October 27th through October 29th, and you see me, say hello. Maybe we can talk about some comic books or whatever. So, man, I can't wait. Those are... Ah, oh, so many things. And the last thing that's floating around up inside of my nerdy brain is I'm actually creating my very own comic book called Zombie Destroyers. And, and man, it's just been, it's been so much fun. It's been a dream come true of mine. I've been wanting to create my own comic book my way for years since I started reading comic book back in 1731. Yeah, it was that long ago. I'm really old. Um, but I'm writing Zombie Destroyers. I'm doing the lettering as well. Please follow the Zombie Destroyers team. Artist Juan Mora at Young Minded Giant and Jordan Hudson at Skablad. Also colorist Caroline Nalasco at Carol N. Art. But I just wanted to take a second and say thank you to all of the Zombie Destroyers team for just making my dream of creating a comic book become a reality, so thank you. And if you would like to see what my comic book Zombie Destroyers looks like, just go over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers. You will see three colored sample pages of Zombie Destroyers. Now, for a mention of my favorite segment, now they're all my favorite segments, honestly, called Spotlighting. It's the segment on the Sunspots Comics podcast where I get to have some great conversations with some comic book creators. Check out Sunspots Comics issue 159. I interviewed comic book creator Nandini Bapat. She created this just gorgeous, heartwarming comic book about her grandfather's life. It's called Aja, spelled A-J-A. Check it out. It's on Comixology and everything. Uh, check that out. Again, it's on Sunspots Comics Podcast 159. Also, check out the spotlighting interview that I'm very proud of. I got to interview comic book artist and movie director Troy Nixie. He's an artist of a comic book that I love through Dark Horse. It's called Vinegar Teeth. Troy Nixie's art is weird and beautiful and gorgeous and twisted. You gotta see it. He also directed a movie written by Guillermo del Toro. It's called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. You should definitely check it out. It's only a few years old. And I really, really enjoyed it, which says a lot because I don't really dig a lot of horror movies. I enjoy a lot more horror comics than I do horror movies. Uh, but anyway, we talk about that. We talk about his life. We talk about so much more. Please check out my interview with Troy Nixie on the Sunspots Comics podcast feed. But there are a bunch of spotlighting interviews with some great guests on our podcast feed because we want to help support the struggling comic book creators. So if you actually work in comics or you're trying to break into the comic book realm, like me, let's chat. Send me a message and a review copy of your comic book to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com, or message me directly on everything at sunspotscomics. Now, onto the main course, the centerpiece, the epicenter, the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book recommendations where i share with you my favorite picks of the new comic books that just came out new comic book day wednesday october 17th and also just in, in case just 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 in case you're you're 
sensitive to the spoilers, semi-super-duper semi light, spoiler-ish alert. But really, don't worry. I really just try to inspire you to go buy these comic books, so I really don't spoil them at all. <laughs> I never discuss the last few pages, and I only discuss some of the interesting points that makes up each comic book. But just in case, you have been super-duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alerted. So now, let me also introduce this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week. Every week, I pick what I believe to be the best comic book art that just made my eyeballs happy. So put your eyeballs on these now. You will be seriously happy that you did. So here we go. This week's artist winner and also cover artist winner of the week goes to one in the same person. Yes, it's a previous artist and cover artist winner. It's Ian McEwen. You gotta check him out online. Search his name, Ian, and last name is M-A-C-E-W-A-N. He when this uh, issue of 1975, which is actually M-C-M-L-X-X-V, uh, issue number one came out. It was the number one pick of the week. It was the cover artist winner of the week, and it was the artist winner of the week. A quadruple threat. That's right. So Ian. McEwen, thank you so much. Your art is fantastic. But let's start with the cover of uh, 1972 issue one. It's from Image Comics, by the way, and this is written by Joe Casey. But it has this very bronzy, brown, tan action scene, basically. We have our our main lady, our main chick, who's there fighting with her lightning-imbued tire iron, which I love. And she's just fighting these strange kind of demonic creatures of the night. One of them is on roller skates. <laughs> yes. Kind of like this weird-looking mime creature of sorts. Uh, with swords and all kinds of weird uh, maces and weaponry. It's just awesome. Guns are nowhere to be found, which I uh, respect. But man, even just the fonting of MCMLXXV has that sort of... Like it's looking through the this old lens. Again, very chromey, kind of dirty, kind of rusty-looking. Uh, like you're looking through a like a goggle, if you will. So I love that use of where the art is that's happening in the background is actually part of the font itself. Just, I love that little touch of things. And I love that this is actually an action sequence that is happening in the comic later within the pages of 1975, issue number two. Um, but man, let's get into the meat of it. Right off the bat, you're thrown into where our character is a Pamela Evans, by the way. She's, it's just this black exploitation kind of film. And she's taken her her father's cab and decided to kind of make a name for herself. And she's out there. And it's this great sequence of her just trying to not die in a, in a 1975 taxi cab. And she's trying to prove to her dad that she can do it. You know, that I'm a hip chick. I can do this. Pops, don't worry about it. And she's 13. She has to put blocks on her feet so you just reach the gas pedal. <laughs> but uh, I love that the use of of the action words that Ian McEwen has here, the lettering, like when this this panel where this taxi cab is, is trying, she's trying desperately to not run over this black muck in the middle of the street that kind of looks like a Venom symbiote. And she screeches out of the way, and behind it, in sort of three-dimensional row, right behind the taxi, the rear end of it, it's like, scree! And it's just blocky letters, symmetrically laid out in a smaller to larger line, that's laid out behind the taxi cab to give it this kind of three-dimensional effect. I love that. And that's what you're going to get with Ian McEwan's art. There's a ton of that that happens here. So it's just absolutely gorgeous. It's It, it so fits well in this 1975 setting, yet it's fantastical. And there's monsters and there's mayhem and there's wizardry and magic. It's just so lovely, so full of color. The action scenes have so many kind of... 
the, that those blurred lines and edges that really give the action true feeling like it feels like the page is moving i absolutely dig it it's just hip some of the backgrounds are strangely colored like oranges and yellows and purples i love the way the buildings just have this sort of faraway purpley effect to them uh and anytime that hit that that she takes out her her lightning her her rod if you will that's a tire iron this lightning rod it's just so bright and blue and it just just takes over and I love the bleeding of the light and the respect to light in this. So fantastic art. You are inspiring, Mr. Ian McEwen. Thank you so much. Your art is wonderful. That's why you're the artist and cover artist winner of the week for MXM LXXXXV or 1975 by Image Comics, issue number one. Thank you so much, Ian McEwen. You so greatly deserve it and uh thank you for winning again your art is lovely and inspiring and so much fun to look at thank you and go check out 1975 it's gorgeous and the breakdown this week man another big week of comics i had 22 comics that i read and only four of them made it to the great ones recommendation list that's right it's not easy to make that top comic book pick list it's got to be great it's got to hit on all cylinders and there were three new number ones that came out this week, and actually none of them <laughs> made it to the top pick list, which happens on occasion, but but rarely. So unfortunately, they did not make the top pick list. But uh, So here we go now, on to my top comic book recommendations. This is my great ones list of the best of the new comic books that just came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, October 17th. And I recommend... Go buy these at your local comic book shop today, immediately. Support them. Please do. Help them out. So, as I said, there were four great comic books on the list that I recommend, and here we go now. So, coming in at number four is Spook House, issue number two. This is from Albatross Comics. This is from Eric Powell, Lance Inkwell, and Steve Mannion, and they both write and art. Each one of those, they do the art. Each one of those people do. But uh, it's this is just what fantastic three little mini stories. Uh, which one is my favorite? Man, I love them all. But maybe the first one, I, because I love the old Mickey Mouse style cartooning art from Lance Inkwell. Fantastic. Check his Instagram out. His art is glorious, and it's just this flashback to the old 20s and 30s of of Mickey Mouse cartoons. It's wonderful. And uh, but. All three of the little wicked tales are <laughs> are just ultimately about kids being bad. <laughs> it's three all-ages spooky Halloween tales. They just delight me. The art is wonderful. The third part is drawn and written by Mr. Eric Powell himself, which is he's one of my favorite writer, comic book creators, artists of all time. And uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> his story, by the way, I'm jumping all over, but his story is hilarious because it's just about this many-eyed monster that's trying to get his dating pants right for this date that he's going on <laughs> and it's just like it's so important to him that he gets these pants right everything hangs in the balance if he doesn't get the pants right his date won't be proper so it's just hilarious he's got all these eyes he's very goopy looking best way to describe him no one captures goopy art like eric powell <laughs> but i i also love that there's a moral to each one of these stories the first one being you know, don't be naughty to old people or uh, around Halloween time because bad things can happen. Uh, the second one is uh, be honest to your parents and eat your vegetables or bad things can happen. <laughs> of course, the Eric Powell one is, uh, you know, just be yourself or bad things can happen. Yeah, you see the theme here going on. But it's all ages fun. It's just spooky good time. It's just Scooby-Doo-ish. And uh, do yourself a favor. It's Halloween time. It fits so perfectly. 
And this has been a top pick of the week in Volume 1. This is Volume 2 now, and it's issue number 3. It's been coming out weekly. Next week, issue number 4 comes out, so it's just perfectly timed with the entire month of Halloween, with the month of October. So get Spook House. It's fantastic, and this particular issue is super solid with three little standalone stories. You don't have to read any of them from before. Get this one. It's, it's in my opinion, it's my favorite and the best of the three issues of Spook House Volume 2 so far. All of Volume 1, by the way, was amazing. You should get that. A lot of Eric Powell in there. But here we go now. Down to our top three. Coming in at number three is Strangers in Paradise. XXV, number seven. And it feels like we had a little hiatus, just a smidge of a break from this, but... I'm absolutely loving this. This is a continuation from the masterpiece, the just the masterclass artist and comic book creator Terry Moore. It's it's definitely his his opus of work here. It's his, it's just got all of his heart and soul poured into it. And this finally years later continues Strangers in Paradise, and it's been phenomenal. He's also kind of bringing together and creating like a more verse. Like a Strangers in Paradise verse, if you will. Bringing characters from his other stories from Abstract Studio, by the way, together in this. But to kind of give you a quick recap, because there is a lot going on here. This is definitely a very much uh, steeped in continuity and you kind of have to know what's going on. And, and to have read like the 60 issues of Strangers in Paradise will definitely help you. So I know that's a, a big feat, but it's, it's absolutely one of the best pieces of fiction I have ingested in my entire life so i highly recommend strangers in paradise but we have our main character Kachu. she's married to francine and she used to be involved in this sort of organized crime syndicate of of ladies that did bad things and mostly kind of blackmailed people etc it's been long gone from the, what happened in strangers in paradise which i'm again i'm being cryptic not to ruin it all i really do want you to read strangers in paradise but we basically, that's kind of coming back the sort of this, uh, the things that have, that went and happened in Strangers in Paradise with this crazy, um, you know, uh, organized crime syndicate, if you will, that Kachu was involved in. She kind of wants to wipe the slate clean and just, and start her life with her wife and her kids now and just be happy. And this is just kind of coming back to haunt her and she has to set this straight. One of the women from this organization came forward and set basically a trap for Kachu and she fell for it. She's been kind of hopping all over the globe following clues and trying to find out why they may want to blackmail her or involve her life somehow or harm the ones that she loves. So her older sister, sister Tambi, who is this amazing badass, like she needs her own comic. She is like, uh, she's like Steve Rogers. She's like a, just a behemoth. She's like an Amazon um, woman that is the muscle, the right-hand man. She's kind of the protector of the family. She seems to be potentially betraying Kachu and the family maybe here. But it's a very deep plot. There's a lot going on sprinkled in with characters from all of Terry Moore's work, which I love. I love seeing Libby, the grandma. She's a, the grandmother in Motor Girl, which I absolutely loved. You should check out Motor Girl. Oh my gosh, it's just, it's got a piece of my heart. But man, the sweet grandma that's ill here francine's grandmother that's sick is just heartbreaking and, and adorable at the same time and i love francine making her grandmother make this promise you got to read it to, it's just it's getting me choked up but man it also does some really great establishing of Kachu as a badass we don't realize how just wiry and scrappy this young woman is 
And like I've said a, a number of times, Terry Moore does the art and the writing and everything on this. He pours his heart and soul into it. And he has this amazing ability to write women like no other man can, honestly. He's, he's the best in the biz. It, there's a lot of times where writers try to really grab a uh, true sensibility and write to where it really feels like the motivation of a woman. Terry Moore has somehow captured that. He's the only one that can do it realistically well, in my opinion. Uh, just one of the reasons to read Terry Moore's stuff, folks. Go check it out. But anyway, Strangers in Paradise, XXV number 7. I know it's giving you a lot of homework, but it's worth it. Go read Strangers in Paradise from the beginning and then read this. It's fantastic. It's just amazing. And coming in at number two is our artist winner of the week and cover artist winner of the week, MCMLXXV issue number two. And this is, again, from art by Ian McEwen, our artist winner of the week, and written by Joe Casey. This beautiful cover, beautiful art, throwback to the year 1975. It's exploitation uh, in its heyday here. It's got a bit of that... Uh, Gosh, it just feels all very Quentin Tarantino to me. All a lot of it, but it's rare, very rare that comic books get better from issue number one to two. But I really feel that's that's happening here. It's just consistently good, uh, consistently great, not good. But um, issue number one, by the way, was the number one pick of the week, as I said before, on the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue one seventy four on the feed. Go check it out if you want to hear my review of MCMLXXV or 1975, issue number one. This is from Image Comics, by the way. I absolutely love the, the 70s, hyper-stylized, the funky groove of a good time we're having here. We dive deeper into the backstory of Pamela Evans here, who's our badass New York taxi driver. She's our main squeeze with her magical tire iron of destiny. <laughs> and uh, we get to see a bunch of training montages. I am a sucker for training montages. For no dialogue, silent, action-based, nice little tweaking of panels, action montages and comic books. It's one of the best here that happens. You gotta see it. And also, I love the very cool-looking magical realm here. You gotta look at it. It's definitely fresh. There's a lot of comics out there that have the world of magic. This definitely has an interesting realm, plus set in the year 1975. But anyway, we kind of find out here that uh, Pamela is the chosen one, ultimately. What that truly means yet, we don't really know. But she even has to be trained properly to fight all evils in every form. And that's, how can she do that? Well, time doesn't work the very same way it does uh, in on Earth as it does in this magical realm. So she does a lot of training. <laughs> a ton of it. And I love it. I'm a sucker for it. Like I said, one of my favorite sequences is when the evil Muspelegra, that's the... <laughs> The, uh, the main villain's, evil villain's name, uh, delivers a flurry of those Mr. Anderson multiple matrix punches to Pamela's face. It's so well drawn and so screams, hey, it's the Matrix. I just love when Mr. Anderson's doing that to, to uh, oh, it's just, uh, it's great. <laughs> I love it. Matrix. Anyway, but we get to see that here and it's so lovingly drawn. Uh, I absolutely believe because it has the cinematic feel to this, that this should be a motion picture or a very interesting like animated series done by the Afro Samurai team. That would be amazing. That would be so wicked cool. But anyway, I highly recommend 1975. I could talk about it all day long. I don't want to spoil all of it. But you do get a lot more meaty material as to who Pamela Evans is, our badass New York taxi driver in this crazy magical realm as to why it's on Earth and why New York is the way it is. So check it out. It's MCMLXXV. Issue number two, or 1975 is what it means in Roman numerals. 
But get it. Get this right away. It's so great. It's just Tarantino-esque, like I said. But here we go now. On to the number one. The top comic book pick of the week. The great one. The champion. It is the champion. The top dog. The supreme leader. The big kahuna. Hang loose, Bretta. <laughs> the number one issue of the week is Star Wars Darth Vader issue number 22. <laughs> this is a multiple Sunspots Comics top comic book pick of the week. It's a multiple artist winner, a multiple cover artist winner. It's just phenomenal. This is from the team. He's been doing such a great job on this. Charles Soule and art by Giuseppe Camancoli. I'm so sorry. My Italian. I know. It's wonderful, right? Anyway, <laughs> the opening sequence of Darth Vader issue number 22 explores the Sith planet of Mustafar, where we know Darth Vader eventually uh, has his home base, his main apartment, <laughs> um, where this time he has uh, been given a gift from the Emperor, which is this haunted mask of Momin. Yes, it does sprinkle in a few little reminders to me of the movie I love with Jim Carrey, The Mask, and the comic book I love, The Mask, because it's just this haunted mask, and it's it's spellbinding. This opening sequence is absolutely spellbinding. It's wonderful. Very little dialogue in the opening sequence, just showing Darth Vader just going over to this lava planet of Mustafar and just kind of exploring it with... Uh, using the force and floating the haunted mask of Momin by his side. It's just like I said, it's haunting. Um, but uh, I love that he explores this mysterious lava planet because we don't get to see a lot of it. We get some in Rogue One, etc. Uh, it's where Anakin ceased to exist and Darth Vader was born. That's right, Mustafar. I also really love the flashback sequence of Mormon's, uh, Mormon's life. I mean, it's Momin. Not Mormon, sorry. <laughs> But the flashback sequence of his life is so interesting. There should be a movie or his own comic on just that story alone. Because Momin is a very interesting character. He is like this Sith architect and Sith artist. Like we've never seen before in the Star Wars universe at all. I love that Momin is the first Sith ghost that we actually get to see. When you think about it, he's, he's the first evil Sith lord that gives advice and tutelage, etc., can't think of any other time in the Star Wars universe. Maybe in the novels, because I've read a few of them. But anyway, I'm pretty sure Momin is the first Sith ghost floating around. And he's not a friendly ghost. <laughs> and he can possess others. And he haunts with his mask. Which is now turned into this priceless sort of Sith artifact that was a gift given from the Emperor. But man, amazing solid writing here. Charles Soule has been crushing this. It's been, like I said, multiple Sunspots comics number one pick of the week and it's always hitting the top five and ten for me but it's the absolute favorite of the modern star wars comics for me it's the best of the best so like i said it's uh without spoiling all of it um that's that is uh what happens here the good i'd say 40 percent of it is moments origin which is amazing we also get to see some of the indigenous life forms on the planets of mustafar uh, planet so that's very cool how they can live in this lava planet and their language and the names for each other very interesting and these sort of beetles that they ride that uh are, are lava proof so very cool all of it is a fantastic setting it's like i said my favorite of the star wars comics the modern star wars comics uh darth vader issue 22 easily deserved and it beat out 1975 which was amazing 
But uh, it's the top. Number one pick of the week, Darth Vader. It just uh, Sith neck crushed all the other competition. <laughs> but get it right away. Go read Darth Vader. You can jump right into this one, actually, without having to read the previous ones. Because it's just kind of a great standalone issue. And what a cliffhanger, by the way, at the end. Which I am a sucker for big cliff cliffhangers. It's got to get us ready for the next one. And this just gets you wanting to force grip the next one immediately and grab it and bring it towards you. But anyway... <laughs> Those are my new comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, October 17th. Let me lock the vault door. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy these recommendations immediately. You'll be so happy that you did. They are excellent, excellent comics. If you have any questions, comments, or you'd like a personal comic book recommendation, please email me directly to chris at sunspotscomics.com. To see the universe encapsulated in one place of the Sunspots Comics universe, with all my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on the pull list to see the just updated 107 comic book titles that I'm currently reading. Also, click on top comic books of the week to see all of my past top comic book picks. They're all there, like Darth Vader, a bunch of them. I update my website every single week, and I'm super proud of it. Go check it out. It's called sunspotscomics.com. Please sign up for our newsletter. It's at sunspotscomics.com contact. And hey, I want to give you a little something. Would you like some free comic books? Well, from time to time, as a thank you to you, the listener, I give away free Marvel Digital Comic Book Codes in Sunspots Comics Podcasts. And there are still some unclaimed codes available. Just listen to past Sunspots Comics Podcasts that are on our feed. Grab the Marvel Digital Code that I read around usually the beginning part of every podcast. Go to marvel.com slash redeem. Punch in that code and see if you win. That's right, marvel.com slash redeem. It's that easy. So go get some and listen to past Sunspots Comics podcasts, and good luck. And also thank you to our sponsor, cryptozoo.com. My buddy Julian hand makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts. They're based on cryptozoology. Just use the HP Reveal app and your smartphone and every Cryptid Zoo t-shirt comes to life with AR. You gotta see this. You'll just blow away your friends' minds. You'll melt their faces. Most importantly, go to cryptidzoo.com, use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of your order. It's the perfect shirt for Halloween time. That's right, so go to cryptidzoo.com. And please, tune in next week for issue number 180 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. This week, I'll be reading a list of 14 new comic books that come out on October 24th, this coming up Wednesday. And there's going to be five new number ones that I'm going to check out. I hope that they're awesome. But it's going to be another huge week of new comic books, but you can count on me. I'll read a bunch of them, pick the best, and share with you only what I consider to be the best of those new comic books so you can save some time and save some cash. Please help us out by telling a nerdy loved one to check out the Sunspots Comics podcast. Go to iTunes, give some positive words and five stars. If you do, I'll give you a personal shout out in a, on a future podcast, and I'll even mail you a comic book prize pack as a small token of my appreciation. And by the way, every link, every website, and everything I discussed on this podcast, they are on the podcast notes, so just go check those out. I spent a lot of time sculpting those podcast notes, so go and check it out. You can see them on the podcast, hit details. But mostly, most important, thank you so much for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a chuckle or two. I hope that you love my new comic book recommendations. Now go spend some quality time with the ones you love by reading some comic books together. Be like water, my friends, to be continued. See you next week. Bye-bye. Patience and know-how and love. We will survive a nuclear 
Comics now. 